Chapter Nine of the Inimitable Jeeves. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Inimitable Jeeves by P. G. Wodehouse. A letter of introduction. You know, the longer I live, the more clearly I see that half the trouble in this bally world is caused by the light-hearted and thoughtless way in which chappies dash off letters of introduction and hand them to other chappies to deliver to chappies of the third part it's one of those things that make you wish you were living in the stone age what i mean to say is if a fellow in those days wanted to give any one a letter of introduction he had to spend a month or so carving it on a large-sized boulder and the chances were that the other chappie got so sick of lugging the thing round in the hot sun that he dropped it after the first mile but nowadays it's so easy to write letters of introduction that everybody does it without a second thought with the result that some perfectly harmless cove like myself gets in the soup mark you all the above is what you might call the result of my riper experience i don't mind admitting that in the first flush of the thing so to speak when jeeves told me this would be about three weeks after i'd landed in america that a blighter called cyril bassington bassington had arrived and i found that he had brought a letter of introduction to me from aunt agatha where was i oh yes i don't mind admitting i was saying that just at first i was rather bucked you see after the painful events which had resulted in my leaving england i hadn't expected to get any sort of letter from aunt agatha which would pass the censor so to speak and it was a pleasant surprise to open this one and find it almost civil chilly perhaps in parts but on the whole quite tolerably polite i looked on the thing as a hopeful sign sort of olive branch you know or do i mean orange blossom what i'm getting at is that the fact that aunt agatha was writing to me without calling me names seemed more or less like a step in the direction of peace and i was all for peace and that right speedily i'm not saying a word against new york mind you i liked the place and was having quite a right time there but the fact remains that a fellow who's been used to london all his life does get a trifle homesick on a foreign strand and i wanted to pop back to the cosy old flat in berkeley street which could only be done when aunt agatha had simmered down and got over the glossop episode i know that london is a biggish city but believe me it isn't half big enough for any fellow to live in with aunt agatha when she's after him with the old hatchet and so i'm bound to say i looked on this chump bassington bassington when he arrived more or less as a dove of peace and was all for him he would seem from contemporary accounts to have blown in one morning at seven forty five that being the ghastly sort of hour they shoot you off the liner in new york he was given the respectful raspberry by jeeves and told to try again about three hours later when there would be a sporting chance of my having sprung from my bed with a glad cry to welcome another day and all that sort of thing which was rather decent of jeeves by the way for it so happened that there was a slight estrangement a touch of coldness a bit of a row in other words between us at the moment because of some rather priceless purple socks 
which i was wearing against his wishes and the lesser man might easily have snatched at the chance of getting back at me a bit by loosing cyril into my bedchamber at a moment when i couldn't have stood a two minutes conversation with my dearest pal for until i have had my early cup of tea and have brooded on life for a bit absolutely undisturbed i'm not much of a lad for the merry chit-chat sir jeeves very sportingly shot cyril out into the crisp morning air and didn't let me know of his existence till he brought his card in with the bohia and what might all this be jeeves i said giving the thing the glassy gaze the gentleman has arrived from england i understand sir he called to see you earlier in the day good lord jeeves you don't mean to say the day starts earlier than this he desired me to say he would return later sir i've never heard of him have you ever heard of him jeeves i am familiar with the name bassington bassington sir there are three branches of the bassington bassington family the shropshire bassington bassingtons the hampshire bassington bassingtons and the kent bassington bassingtons england seems pretty well stocked up with bassington bassingtons tolerably so sir no chance of a sudden shortage i mean what presumably not sir and what sort of a specimen is this one i could not say sir on such short acquaintance will you give me a sporting two to one jeeves judging from what you have seen of him that this chappie is not a blighter or an excrescence no sir i should not care to venture such liberal odds i knew it well the only thing that remains to be discovered is what kind of a blighter he is time will tell sir the gentleman brought a letter for you sir oh he did did he i said and grasped the communication and then i recognized the handwriting i say jeeves this is from my aunt agatha indeed sir don't dismiss it in that light way don't you see what this means she says she wants me to look after this excrescence while he's in new york by jove jeeves if i only fawn on him a bit so that he sends back a favourable report to headquarters i may yet be able to get back to england in time for goodwood now is certainly the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party jeeves we must rally round and cosset this cove in no uncertain manner yes sir he isn't going to stay in new york long i said taking another look at the letter he's headed for washington going to give the nibs there the once over apparently before taking a whirl at the diplomatic service i should say that we can win this lad's esteem and affection with a lunch and a couple of dinners what i fancy that should be entirely adequate sir this is the jolliest thing that's happened since we left england it looks to me as if the sun were breaking through the clouds very possibly sir he started to put out my things and there was an awkward sort of silence not those socks jeeves i said coughing a bit but having a dash at the careless off-hand tone give me the purple ones i beg your pardon sir those jolly purple ones very good sir he lugged them out of the drawer as if he were a vegetarian fishing a caterpillar out of the salad you could see he was feeling deeply deuced painful and all that this sort of thing but a chappie has got to assert himself every now and then absolutely i was looking for cyril to show up again any time after breakfast but he didn't appear so towards one o'clock i trickled out to the lambs club where i had an appointment to feed the worcester face with a cove of the name of caffin i'd got pally with since my arrival george caffin a fellow who wrote plays and what not i'd made a lot of friends during my stay in new york the city being crammed with bonhamus lads who one and all extended a welcoming hand to the stranger in their midst caffin was a bit late but bobbed up finally saying that he had been kept at a rehearsal of his new musical comedy 
asked dad and we started in we had just reached the coffee when the waiter came up and said that jeeves wanted to see me jeeves was in the waiting-room he gave the socks one pained look as i came in then averted his eyes mr bassington bassington has just telephoned sir oh yes sir where is he in prison sir i reeled against the wallpaper a nice thing to happen to aunt agatha's nominee on his first morning under my wing i did not think in prison yes sir he said on the telephone that he had been arrested and would be glad if you could step round and bail him out arrested what for he did not favour me with his confidence in that respect sir this is a bit thick jeeves precisely sir i collected old george who very decently volunteered to stagger along with me and we hopped into a taxi we sat around at the police station for a bit on a wooden bench in a sort of ante-room and presently a policeman appeared leading in cyril hello 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 i said what my experience is that a fellow never really looks his best just after he's come out of a cell when i was up at oxford i used to have a regular job bailing out a pal of mine who never failed to get pinched every boat-race night and he always looked like something that had been dug up by the roots cyril was in pretty much the same sort of shape he had a black eye and a torn collar and altogether was nothing to write home about especially if one was writing to aunt agatha he was a thin tall chappy with a lot of light hair and pale blue goggly eyes which made him look like one of the rarer kinds of fish i got your message i said oh are you bertie worcester absolutely and this is my pal george caffin writes plays and what not don't you know we all shook hands and the policeman having retrieved a piece of chewing gum from the underside of a chair where he had parked it against a rainy day went off into a corner and began to contemplate the infinite this is a rotten country said cyril oh i don't know you know don't you know i said we do our best said george old george is an american i explained writes plays don't you know and what not of course i didn't invent the country said george that was columbus but i shall be delighted to consider any improvements you may suggest and lay them before the proper authorities well why don't the policemen in new york dress properly george took a look at the chewing officer across the room i don't see anything missing he said i mean to say why don't they wear helmets like they do in london why do they look like postmen it isn't fair on a fellow makes it dashed confusing i was simply standing on the pavement looking at things when a fellow who looked like a postman prodded me in the ribs with a club i didn't see why i should have postmen prodded me why the dickens should a fellow come three thousand miles to be prodded by postmen the point is well taken said george what did you do i gave him a shove you know i've got a frightfully hasty temper you know all the bassington bassingtons have got frightfully hasty tempers don't you know and then he biffed me in the eye and lugged me off to this beastly place i'll fix it old son i said and i hauled out the bankroll and went off to open negotiations leaving cyril to talk to george i don't mind admitting that i was a bit perturbed there were furrows in the old brow and i had a kind of foreboding feeling as long as this chump stayed in new york i was responsible for him and he didn't give me the impression of being the species of cove a reasonable chappie would care to be responsible for for more than about three minutes amused with a considerable amount of tensity over cyril that night when i had got home and jeeves had brought me the final whisky i couldn't help feeling that this visit of his to america was going to be one of those times that try men's souls and what not i hauled out aunt agatha's letter of introduction and re-read it and there was no getting away from the fact that she undoubtedly appeared to be somewhat wrapped up in this blighter and to consider it my mission in life to shield him from harm while on the premises 
i was deuced thankful that he had taken such a liking for george cathan old george being a steady sort of cove after i had got him out of his dungeon cell he and old george had gone off together as chummy as brothers to watch the afternoon rehearsal of ask dad there was some talk i gathered of their dining together i felt pretty easy in my mind while george had his eye on him i had got about as far as this in my meditations when jeeves came in with a telegram at least it wasn't a telegram it was a cable from aunt agatha and this is what it said has cyril bassington bassington called yet on no account introduce him into theatrical circles vitally important letter follows i read it a couple of times this is rummy jeeves yes sir very rummy and dash disturbing will there be anything further to-night sir of course if he was going to be as bally unsympathetic as that there was nothing to be done my idea had been to show him the cable and ask his advice but if he was letting those purple socks rankle to that extent the good old noblesse oblige of the worcesters couldn't lower itself to the extent of pleading with the man absolutely not so i gave it a miss nothing more thanks good-night sir good-night he floated away and i sat down to think the thing over i had been directing the best efforts of the old bean to the problem for a matter of half an hour when there was a ring at the bell i went to the door and there was cyril looking pretty festive i'll come in for a bit if i may he said got something rather priceless to tell you he curveted past me into the sitting-room and when i got there after shutting the front door i found him reading aunt agatha's cable and giggling in a rummy sort of manner oughtn't to have looked at this i suppose caught sight of my name and read it without thinking i say worcester old friend of my youth this is rather funny do you mind if i have a drink thanks awfully and all that sort of rot yes it's rather funny considering what i came to tell you jolly old catherine has given me a small part in that musical comedy of his ask dad only a bit you know but quite tolerably ripe i'm feeling frightfully braced don't you know he drank his drink and went on he didn't seem to notice that i wasn't jumping about the room yapping with joy you know i've always wanted to go on the stage you know he said but my jolly old governor wouldn't stick it at any price put the old walkiesy down with a bang and turn bright purple whenever the subject was mentioned that's the real reason why i came over here if you want to know i knew there wasn't a chance of my being able to work this stage wheeze in london without somebody getting on to it and tipping off the governor so i rather brainily sprang the scheme of popping over to washington to broaden my mind there's nobody to interfere on this side you see so i can go right ahead i tried to reason with the poor chump but your governor will have to know some time that'll be all right i shall be the jolly old star by then and he won't have a leg to stand on it seems to me he'll have one leg to stand on while he kicks me with the other why where do you come in what have you got to do with it i introduced you to george cathan so you did old top so you did i'd quite forgotten i ought to have thanked you before well so long there's an early rehearsal of ask dad to-morrow morning and i must be toddling rummy the thing should be called ask dad when that's just what i'm not going to do see what i mean what what well pip pip toodaloo i said sadly and the blighter scudded off i dived for the phone and called up george cathan i say george what's all this about cyril bassington bassington what about him he tells me you've given him a part in your show oh yes just a few lines but i've just had fifty-seven cables from home telling me on no account to let him go on the stage i'm sorry but cyril is just the type i need for that part he's simply got to be himself it's pretty tough on me george old man my aunt agatha sent this blighter over with a letter of introduction to me and she will hold me responsible she'll cut you out of her will it isn't a question of money 
but of course you've never met my aunt agatha so it's rather hard to explain but she's a sort of human vampire bat and she'll make things most fearfully unpleasant for me when i go back to england she's the kind of woman who comes and rags you before breakfast don't you know well don't go back to england then stick here and become president but george old top good-night but i say george old man you didn't get my last remark it was good-night you idle rich may not need any sleep but i've got to be bright and fresh in the morning god bless you i felt as if i hadn't a friend in the world i was so jolly well worked up that i went and banged on jeeves's door it wasn't a thing i'd have cared to do as a rule but it seemed to me that now was the time for all good men to come to the aid of the party so to speak and that it was up to jeeves to rally round the young master even if it broke up his beauty sleep jeeves emerged in a brown dressing-gown sir do sorry to wake you up jeeves and what not but all sorts of dashed disturbing things have been happening i was not asleep it is my practice on retiring to read a few pages of some instructive book that's good what i mean to say is if you've just finished exercising the old bean it's probably in mid-season form for tackling problems jeeves mr bassington bassington is going on the stage indeed sir ah the thing doesn't hit you you don't get it properly here's the point all his family are most fearfully dead against his going on the stage there's going to be no end of trouble if he isn't headed off and what's worse my aunt agatha will blame me you see i see sir well can't you think of some way of stopping him not i confess at the moment sir well have a stab at it i will give the matter my best consideration sir will there be anything further to-night i hope not i've had all i can stand already very good sir he popped off End of chapter 9